0: Oh, there we go. My son, he goes, Dad, is he taking your spot? So every year since 2008 I ask God for a prophetic word for myself for that year. A remember growing up, and there's always a prophetic word given to all Christendom for that year. And not only did it always have to do with blessings and prosperity, but it also always rhymed with the year. Which I always thought was funny, because when I started getting and asking God for words for myself, they didn't match that. I remember the first year that I asked God... God, give me a prophetic word for my life for this year. And I was praying, and I heard the word consecrate. And I was like, awesome. What does that mean? And then I heard him say, go look it up in the dictionary. And so I did. And the word consecration means the act or ceremony of separation from a common to a sacred use. Or of devoting and dedicating a person or one thing to a service and worship God. By certain rites, consecration does not make a person or thing holy, but it declares it to be sacred, that is, devoted to God or divine service. As consecration of the priest among the Israelites, consecration of vessels were used in the temple. Boys, stop it. stop. Thank you. We're not playing ring around a rosy here. Sorry about them. And so since 2008, I started asking God for, okay, well, what do you want this year to look like for my life? What can I devote myself to? Within your word and what you're calling me to, what fruit are you asking me to bear? And every year since 2008, around this time, I feel like God has given me a vision for the following year. And in Proverbs 29:18 it says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy as he. And that's the King James Version. And I also want to read the NLT Version. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. What I didn't realize, what I was asking for in the summer, or sorry, not the summer, in 2008, It was going into 2008. What ended up happening was an extremely difficult moment in my life. Because I went back to school at ORU at the time. I was a chaplain my first semester. And then in the second semester of my sophomore year, I got kicked out of the chaplain program. And what's so funny is I remember praying when I reached back at ORU, said, God, at my own cost, change me. And this was right uh, several days after God gave me the word consecration. And in this process, I said, God, I don't want anyone to die. I don't want anything to happen to anyone. I just, I just want to grow and at my cost to change me. And then like the next day I was kicked out of the chaplain program there were a whole bunch of lies that were made by the men on my floor to get me kicked out of the program. And instead of addressing those lies to me, they just either A, believed them, or just thought they would separate me from the program. And then in that process, what I was told why I was alleviated from the program was because my grades weren't good enough. And that was a little odd and strange to me. Let me switch. So what check one two. So what I realized after the fact is that I was lied to and there was a lot of hurt that had gone into that process of being lied to and to lose a scholarship and to lose credibility and for my name to be tainted. But consecration was separating me. And it was actually making me turn into the process of being used by God for holy purposes. And it was was a long process that happened. And it was a very painful process. It didn't feel like a blessing. But when I asked God to give me that prophetic word, and to shape and mold that into my life, he did. Stop, please. Mama's not here to wrangle them. Mama's at home with a, a sick kid, so. So, the first part of this message is what's the vision for your life this year? I believe that God gives us all a roadmap that He wants us to follow called His Word. And in the Word, I've I firmly believe that there are specific lessons and seasons in our life that he plants those things in our hearts and in our spiritual walks to grow. And so Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3, it says, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it, it will surely come. It will not delay. A lot of times in this process of feeling like God gives me a word for the year, six or seven months go by, and I feel like nothing has really transpired. But then I realize when I get to the end of the year and I look back, I notice all the ways that God was using, whether it was discipline or consecration or surrender, these words that have been my guides for the year have been a part of my decision making process for the year. And what I love about going to God for a specific word for my life, has anyone ever gone bowling? I am much better with bumpers than I am without. And what I've noticed is these this word for the year tends to be a bumper tends to be a guide, and it actually helps me make decisions through the year based off of circumstantially what's going on, and then I say, "All right, God, you've called me to this specific word. Does this process align with what you've spoken to me? And it actually helps me take things back to God. And then the next part, like we talked about in Habakkuk, about writing it down. I remember a few years after getting into it, I stopped writing it down and I just put it in my head and then I realized months later, like, oh wait, what was that word supposed to be? What was I supposed to be following and doing? I kind of got lazy in that practice and I couldn't remember. And then I'd be like, God, okay, you're going to have to remind me. I forgot. I kind of failed you on that part. Graciously, he would remind me. And then I learned I have to keep writing this down and revisiting this because it is a process of what God is wanting to take me in through that year. And so here are some reasons in scriptures why after God gives you a vision for that year, why you should write it down. We want to write the vision down because it brings clarity of thought. Writing down the vision forces you to clarify what you feel God is leading you to do. As you put your thoughts into words, you will gain a clear under a clear understanding of objection of objections and objectives making this year to be more aware of what God is calling you to do. Sometimes I feel like, all right God, I'm not sure what you want me to do in this situation. Oh wait, this year you've called me to surrender. Okay. So how in this process do I get to surrender? When you have clarity of thought, it allows you to make decisions and understand and see your circumstances differently. Proverbs 6, three, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. When you write down your vision, it becomes a commitment and accountability. This act of externalizing your vision can enhance your commitment to walk in it. Additionally, sharing your vision with others creates a sense of accountability and will help you stay focused and stay on track. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Have you guys heard of the term vision board? One person? Yes? Three people? So at first I thought vision boards were really weird and new age. And I was kind of really hesitant. And then one day I came across... I should say one day I came across a scripture. God reminded me of the scripture in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Or another one, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What I realize is what we keep our vision in front of us and what we meditate on and what we think about becomes our reality. And what I realized is in terms of a vision board, it's really based off of what we put on it, if it's biblical or not. Like, do I have a Rolex on it? Do I have a new car on it? Do I have just possessions and things that I want to, to have? Or is God on that board? Are there houses for the homeless? Are there is there a food bank? Is there a, a book that I want to write? Is there... And so, personally what I started doing is aligning and creating a vision board based off of what I felt like God has directed me to not only just for that year but also things in my life. One of them being for a very long time I've always felt called to write books. But what a lot of you don't know is I didn't know how to read And I started to learn how to read in 6th grade. I was extremely behind. I had a vision issue that was never caught until much later. And so I started to learn how to read in 6th grade. When I went to college, I had a 7th grade reading level. It was extremely difficult. And so one of the things that scared me is like, okay, well this is an area of my life Reading, writing, that was very hindered for the majority of it. And I've allowed self doubt to keep me from fulfilling many ideas that God has placed in my heart to write. And what's unique is years ago, as a part of As a Man Thinketh, So Is He, I decided, like, all right, God, I'm going to put in front of me. one of the calls that you have placed on my life which is to write a book. And so like in Scrabble you know how you have Scrabble letters? It was like a Scrabble board and it said author on it. And so there's a photo of that and I put that photo on this mission board. And then over this last year I've written my first book. It's not out yet but it's about evangelism. And What that has done, keeping that photo in front of me, amongst other photos, has helped me stay focused and believing what I felt like God has called me to do. And when I see that, it speaks into my heart identity. Because I have often been living from, I'm the kid who just learned how to start reading in sixth grade. But when I keep what I felt like God has called me to in front of me, it starts shaping the way I look at myself, think about myself, speak, and act. And so instead of being defined by my past, I'm being defined by who God is calling me to be. When we write down our vision, it helps us to prioritize and organize. When we write down our vision... We are forced to organize our thoughts. This can lead to a more systematic approach and help us achieve the things that God has placed in our lives to accomplish. It helps us to manage our time more effectively. It's very easy to not manage our time appropriately. Very guilty as charged. But when I align what God has called me to do and to be in the vision for my life and for that year and I put it in front of me, I write it down. Well, then the next thing to do is to schedule it. When I schedule what God has called me to do, then I'm actually living from my future into my present. I'm living out who God has called me to be versus where I'm at. And in this process... I am able to step forward into the call of God in my life. And I believe that if we write down our visions, it will help us prioritize and organize them. And lastly, well, actually I want to read a scripture. 1 Corinthians 14.40 But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. So when God gives us spiritual gifts, he expects us, when we use them, that they're not chaotic. And the scriptures specifically talking about different spiritual gifts, but we can also use that into the purposes and the plans and the call of God on our life. That we are to do everything in a fit and orderly way. Lastly, sense of purpose. When we write down our vision, we have a sense of purpose and direction. It gives us a narrative and a trajectory, helping us stay focused on what truly matters. Like I said... So many times in my life, I have lived in the narrative of the kid who started to learn how to read in 6th grade. Versus living in the narrative of who God has called me to be. When we have a sense of purpose, we start living from the place of who God has called us to be in our identity in Him. Versus the stories and the lies and the deceit that we have told ourselves in the past. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you hope in the future. So today, as we're on the brink of a new year, today, tomorrow, as you start this new year, I'm not saying go create a new year's resolution because I'm almost never succeed at any of that. But what I feel like God has shown me is that when I start the year off meditating and dedicating it to Him and what He's called me to in this year, then it sets up my year for success in Him because I'm focused on Him and His plans for my life in that year. And that can go through organizations, that can go through families. And one of the things this year for my life, and something that I talked to my wife and we want to incorporate into our family, is the word peace. How can we incorporate peace into our life and family? I got four kids. I was at the doctor's office a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking to me about some health issues I was facing. He's like, man, I think some of these health issues are just stems of major stress in your life. What What do you have that's stressful in your life? Tell me, what do I have that's stressful in my life? <laughs> you don't know. Having four kids sometimes can be stressful. And many other things. But what I've realized is this year, God has called us to live into peace. And so for our family... I think something that that looks like is being slow to anger and also quicker to listen. Because in our household, it is very easy for our emotions to go from zero to a hundred over anything, whether that's within the kids or after kids not listening, like five times, like, all right, now I'm mad. How can we approach things in our life with a peace consciousness versus an anger consciousness versus a frustration consciousness so that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and mind? And that's what my wife and I this year are longing for. We want more peace. And so for us, this word in 2024 is what we feel like God has called us into as individuals and as a family. So today, I encourage you to spend time with the Lord throughout the week and say, God, is there a specific word that you have for me this year that you want to produce fruit in to make me look more like you and that can change my life, my family, and the environment around me? so that I can look more like you. And then write that word down. And then throughout the year, you will learn lessons about that word. You'll be challenged by that word. And write write those lessons down. Write the growth down. Because what happens is oftentimes at the end of the year, I'm like, man, so this year, that 2023, was a word... Surrender. And so many times this year, I say, like, God, I don't feel like I've I've done well at that word this year. But then when I actually go back and look at the documentation that I wrote and the lessons that I wrote, I'm not measuring myself based off of where I still feel like I have to go. I've measured myself based off of how far I've come. And when I submit that and surrender that to God when I realize and I can see the work that God's been doing versus measuring myself what I feel like I haven't done. So, that's my encouragement to you this year. Get a word from the Lord. Write it down. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are and the life that we have through Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gift of salvation. That you have forgiven us of our sins. And you have called us to live in relationship with you. Lord, I thank you that as we are walking into this new season of 2024, that it will be led and guided by you. that our hearts and our minds, our eyes and our ears will be open so that we can see the way you see, love the way you love, hear the way you hear, and speak the way you speak. Lord, I pray that you will give us a focus, a vision, a word, as a church and for ourselves of what you are calling us to walk into this year. That it'll be our decision-making process. It'll be our guide. It'll help us to know and understand you and to live in relationship with you. And it'll be a guide in our path when we're making decisions and we don't know what decisions even to make. we glorify you. Jesus, we thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming today. And I don't know about you all, but uh, I probably won't be staying up till midnight. I'll, I'll do the countdown on New York time and call it good.